Hello and welcome to We Welcome Your Teams, a podcast about the most unique job in sport, the football stadium announcer. My name's Rich Hurst. I'm currently the stadium announcer at West Bromwich Albion and across this series I'm going to introduce you to the people behind the voices you hear at football stadiums every week. We'll talk about the amazing things they've seen and the reasons we love the job we get to do. Think about it. Clubs can have millions of fans, hundreds of staff, squads for the players and a huge group of coaches. But only one person gets to grab the mic at five minutes to kick off and welcome the teams on the pitch as the crowd goes mad. Now, we may just be that person in the booth or the guy standing on the pitch with a big voice. But across the board, we've witnessed most, if not all, of football's biggest moments. And we've seen and heard some stuff your average fan hasn't. It's one of those, so how'd you get that job kind of gigs. So prepare to find out. And to get us going, in true stadium announcer style, I'm now going to go and look for the club mascot and give him a big high five so I'm feeling pumped. Oh, and yes, I do know who's inside the costume, but I'm not telling you. Hello. And welcome to episode three of We Welcome Your Teams. If you're discovering us for the first time, then hello, welcome. Uh, you're about to meet one of the longest serving stadium announcers around, Matt James. He's been on the mic at West Bromwich Albion since 1985. That's 35 years of music, goals, promotions and relegations and random halftime games. Now, more recently, his roles changed a bit and they do what a few clubs do nowadays, where they have two people doing the stadium announcing. One who's pitch side doing bits to camera or with fans or with live guests and one in the traditional booth with all the music and a microphone. And these booths come in all shapes and sizes, by the way, as you're about to hear. Now, I'm that pitch side announcer at the Hawthorns and Matt gets to go right up there in the gods in his booth. Uh, we've been working together for about six years now, but despite all the great things I've witnessed, he's seen some of the greatest of all, including the great escape of 2005 when the Baggies survived relegation despite being bottom of the league at Christmas, the first Premier League club to do so. Now, some of the incredible things you're going to learn about Matt. He worked in a gentleman's club where he uh, befriended a few high rollers in football. He's also worked in a shed and his commute to work is one of the longest I think any stadium announcer makes to work. Oh, and by the way, the reason this interview sounds a bit odd is that we had to do it in my car sitting across the road from the Hawthorns in a car park on the Birmingham Road because Starbucks was shut. First off, out of all the stadium announcers I've met so far, you're the commute that you well used to up until lockdown, but the commute that you used to take two games, I think was the longest. So people, some people I don't know, and the police, there they are. Just just explain what you where you where you live and and what you do to get to games. Okay, so um, our family home is in uh, uh, for the last five six uh, six years now has been in uh, Lanzarote in the Canary Islands. Um, my, my two girls stay there all the time. My daughter goes to school, um, and I go out and visit them and do bits of work there. But then I fly back for every home game uh, and stay for a few days, or sometimes a week if there's two or three games in a week, and fly backwards and forwards uh, to coincide with the fixtures. Really, 
uh, total mileage round trip is 3,600. How often would you say in a regular season you make the, the journey back and forth? How many times? Uh, I think the most flights in one season was 51. That's obviously to get back and forward. Yeah. What, what's the um, what's the time door to door? Um, time door to door. So uh, for, for flights at 12 in Lanzarote, I'd leave the house about 11. Four hours. Then back home. That's six, six and a half hours. It's not too bad. Some people travel from further, from within England. and probably take longer to get here. Oh, yeah. Get I mean, we've got it, fans yeah. that live in uh, Cornwall, and I, I'm sure yeah. they take longer to drive than I do to fly. And to be honest, I just fall asleep on the plane and wake up and I'm in Birmingham. Yeah. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, so how did you end, how did you start? How did you end up getting, getting the gig and then, you know, coming to be here? Uh, so I used to work at a, a, a club, a nightclub, uh, which was a private members club <clears throat> um, for, like, um, you know, celebrities. Okay. I used to DJ there and uh, our club secretary at the time uh, used to come in and I kind of got to know him uh, and he just said one day uh, our announcer's leaving or we're getting rid of him I can't remember which one it was yeah. uh, do you fancy it? and I said yeah because I was a supporter I've got a season ticket uh, went uh, to the ground a couple of days later met the chairman uh, and that was it met the chairman so we've also been speaking to people about like the interview process they went through I've not yet met anyone who had to literally stand up in front of a board of people and read out the first team as, as an interview. But but to come and meet the chairman's quite something. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a guy called Sid Lucas who was quite an imposing figure. Um, so I must admit, I was, I was a bit wary. Um, but um, I can't remember much about it, but mm. um, it, was, it was quite a, quite a brief interview, really. To be honest with you, I, th I don't think they got anybody else. So uh, I think it was like, oh, OK, you're good enough. Then. Yeah, you're in. So uh, so that was it. But my first season, we got relegated. We only won about four games all season. Mm. And he always said it was my fault. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I'm surprised I'm still there. Well, you wait, you've, you've been through some times. I mean, you've been through some times. So what year was that you started? Uh, my first game was August 1985. And we played uh, Oxford United. And we drew 1-1. And Imre Varadi scored for West Brom. Oh, there's a name. And and, and so where were, you, where were you at the time? Because... I'll just point out that we sort of both do the same thing now at West Brom. So, so um, I, in the minute, stand down at the tunnel and you're up in the booth uh, in control of everything. But where were you then when you started? Uh, so, your position? yeah, my first office or you know, yeah. studio, whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it, uh, was uh, the, old, uh, the Rainbow Stand. So it's the East Stand now. Okay, yeah. So it's called the Rainbow Stand. And I had one of the private boxes. Oh. Uh, which is a, it was, it was a private box. It was the reason they gave it to me, because it was the one that was always the coldest and leaked. Right. Okay. So they obviously weren't going to sell it. No. <laughs> so and, thought, and what was your setup? You know, did you have everything? Um, was it like CD? Was it? No, no, it was record players. Record players. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a, a Dave Double Dex uh, disco <laughs> mix thing. Um, so, yeah. I used to have to carry a... But, well, I got my dad to do it. So I wasn't doing it. Yeah. Uh, carry a box of seven-inch singles. Awesome. Well, um, and what what was the uh, what was the music when the teams walked out? Did it change a lot? Because obviously we've got Insomnia by Faithless now. But I, I've only been here five years, and it's changed a couple of times. Yeah, no, we we, we we only ever used to play uh, uh, the Liquidator if I remember right. But mm -hmm. then it has changed a couple of times yeah. over the years. Um, uh, the different things. Yeah. Um, but the Liquidator was always the Albion song, of course.
And I can tell you that liquidator sounds amazing every time. Not just because it gets the whole stadium going, but when I'm working, it also means my pre-kickoff work is all done and I can go and take my place in the tunnel ready for kickoff. Now, more with Matt James shortly, including some of the weird places he's done the job from. But just a quick word about our next episode where we go north from the Hawthorns to Everton and our chat with the voice of Goodison Park, Graham White. We talk about how he got the job, uh, the struggles he's had with some half-time games down the years, and his own 2.55 moment where he has to read the teams out, which came with its own potential hazards. As soon as that 5-2 moment comes, that's where I switch off. Um, and I kind of, I don't like to describe myself as a, as, as a, as a horse, but you know when you see horse racing and you see they have the blinkers on, I kind of do that. And I'm trying to demonstrate this. And on a podcast, I hope you can understand what I'm doing. But I kind of just look forward. And there's an old goalkeeping coach under Roberto Martinez who said to me, I've got great uh, provincial vision because he always used to come across and try and put me off. So I'd really like to say... Number three, Leighton Baines. And I'd have this hand and all sorts in front of me and him trying to get me attention. <laughs> and I would just sit there and I'd be reading the teams. And he'd say to me, you'd make a great goalkeeper, son. Graham White there, the voice of Everton, who's our next guest on We Welcome Your Teams. Back to this episode and it's time to talk with Matt James about being on the mic at West Brom on the day they completed the Great Escape in 2005. Well, I don't think anybody really expected Albion to stay up because most seasons there's, there's, there's a couple of teams that you know one one needs to win to get out of it, and that they have to have the other one to lose, or you know they both have to win by a couple of goals. But on this occasion, three teams had to win, and it was like nobody really gave us a chance. So I think it was kind of a bit of a it was the last game of the season. Let's make the most of it, mm-hmm. from what I remember. And were you, where do you fall in that kind of, you know, because it's easy to get carried away, but you have to, you know, step back. No, you always hard, have to, uh, you always have to try and, you know, maintain an air of uh, professionalism <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, um, in the middle, because you can't, the away team can't be, or the away fans can't be, I don't think, can be can be seen to be hearing you, fa- you know. You can't, you can't act be professional. Yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly, no, no, yeah. no, You can't no, rub no. it in, but, no, but, no. but, you know, you are the, you're the home, you know, you're the home team, you're the home support. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Although I do have to say in them days, you could actually, um, you know, be a bit more fun. But you, but you got, but you got, you know, you got the chance to have a little bit more fun with it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. uh, the, the, the fun part of it, uh, if I remember right, was uh, was more, because um, we, we, we dropped on this uh, theme from The Great Escape. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the, the real thing that, um, that, that the focus was on. That, 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 that music was that you didn't have to say nothing, you just had no. to play that music. And that got everybody going. And we'd done that for a few games anyway. Um, and, and we did it that day. Yeah. Uh, and it worked. So, so that the first goal goes in. Yep. And you've got to come on and, you know, you get to really give it some of that, don't you? Yeah. And I, th- I, think, I, think, I think everybody kind of thought Albion would win. Mm-hmm. I just don't think anybody thought the other three would lose. That was the that was yeah. the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and and full time, how do you, what, what's what's your, what's your emotions then, and how how are you, what are you saying then at half time? Because well, they were still waiting for the other results. Well, they? yeah, at full time. Um, so in those days, I used to kind of head down uh, from my office uh, to pitch side uh, to, for when the game was finished. Yeah. Um, and although we won the game. And I game had finished, 
we still didn't know quite what was happening because for some reason we'd finished before everybody else mm -hmm. so we were still waiting for the other three results to come through so uh, I think I was saying I don't think I said a lot the fans were all in the ground yeah um, and obviously we needed to keep them off the pitch for a start off. oh but Try and, you, have, um, you have to read that out, don't you? You have to read uh, the and, and we just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. we kind of said the players will come out and show their appreciation and all that. Um, so stay in your seats. So that that, that, that was all we could do really because we yeah. couldn't say we're going down or we couldn't say we're staying up because we didn't know. Were you, were you listening for a result? Was somebody else listening? There for was the a other few results? people. That, I hadn't got anything with me, but there was a few people who got radios. Uh, and I just I just I just remember. Uh, I didn't even I didn't even hear the scores. I just remember seeing. Um, Russell Holt, the keeper, uh, I think it was John O'Greening maybe, uh, just like hugging each other and jumping up and down. And I, I thought, oh, okay, we've, we, we've stayed up. And did, that, did, that's what told me, we'd yeah, stayed yeah. up. So and then did, obviously did you call it spread. Did you, did, you, did you sort of... Yeah, like, after, yeah. after it, because obviously I had to confirm it. Yeah. Because um, those other three games then didn't finish all at the same time. No. Um, but once it was confirmed, it was, yeah. And, and the fans knew anyway, they'd all got radios. I think the fans were all on the pitch before I'd even got the mic out, to be honest. <laughs> Heck of a day to be there, though. Heck of a day to be there. Oh yeah, yeah. And then what? And then you know, you, did you just get involved with some of the pitch stuff? Did they? Where did they, you know? They don't. So like the rest, where they have to haul you off and get you out of the way. You no, 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 that, no. We, 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 we asked the we asked the fans to to starve the pitch, and like um, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, some did. I mean, it was well stewarded that day. So, yeah. but some got in, but like, we got them back, and then and then the players just you know probably in disbelief, walked around the pitch for um, a lap of appreciation and. Uh, to let the fans applaud them, like you know, mm. I, I went round with them, yeah, and it was it, it was amazing because I, I had to go with them to keep reminding people to keep off the oh, pitch. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, so you still got to parade around and kind of be the be the fun police. Well, maybe bit. I didn't have to, but yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Why not join in? Yeah, good. Um, favorite day doing it? Was that your favorite day doing it? Favorite day. What about? Doing I suppose it? I suppose there were promotion runs, weren't there? There were playoff semis and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, there's been yeah, there's been lots of uh, yeah. That was one that, that, that was one of the more memorable ones, obviously. For uh, uh, I mean, the, the, probably the, the 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 favorite day was when we first went up, when we beat Crystal Palace at home two nothing, mm -hmm. um, to the first get back into the Premier League. So that was probably the the favorite day. Yeah. Um, but that probably runs it a close second. You know, I remember. Um, I mean, another big game for me was the '93 promotion. Uh, semi-final second leg up here against um, Port Vale you can definitely hear me on that Yeah. Um, but it's quite funny that because uh, that we had a chairman at the time called Trevor Summers uh, and his nickname was Trevor Shed because he owned a shed company so my uh, office at the time because they were rebuilding one of the stands was actually a shed and I had to wind up the shutters at the front so I could see outside Unfortunately, if anybody was sitting in front of it, he used to bang them on the back of the head. But anyway, as I'm about six foot one, this, 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 I couldn't really stand up in this shed, which was okay because I was sitting down most of the time. But when we scored, I jumped up, hit my head on the roof, and I was barely conscious. I couldn't, I could, I could barely announce the really? goal. Yeah, I could barely announce the goal. I thought I'd knock myself out. I felt sick. And you could hear my voice go when I announced it on the. Uh, but that was that was a big day. Yeah. And then going to Wembley, winning. And then we came back, and I um, introduced the fans. Uh, sorry, the players to the fans on the um, balcony at the town hall. Oh, amazing! That was uh, I've done that a couple of times. That was that was quite cool. Good times. How about that? A shed, eh? Now, if your club's announcer has a more or less glamorous office, let us know. You can get in touch via Instagram. Uh, we are We Welcome Your Teams Pod. 
or on Twitter, just search for We Welcome Your Teams. Love to hear your thoughts about the pod and also who do you like to hear next as well. Also on the podcast feed, you can go back and listen to our chat with Alan Keegan, who does the job at Manchester United, and Colin Carter, who did the announcing at Carlisle United for over 20 years, including the day their on-loan goalkeeper, Jimmy Glass, scored to help them keep them in the football league, which is a day that was just plagued with disasters. This is this is something that stands out. Just before half-time, a guy, Tony Hopper, broke a guy's leg in a tackle. Great tackle, nothing wrong with it. There was no malice in it. There was nothing. It was just a 50-50 right in front of the thing. And it was about five or six minutes delay. And with that, with that, with that unfortunate incident, it sort of calms the situation down a little bit. Everybody's taking a drink. And I, I get I get this call from, from Match Control. Uh, can you tell them that there's no drink in the stand for half time? <laughs> I'm like... There's no drink left in the stand. They've run out of drink. And I'm like, I have to put that over the tab. He says, yeah, Colin. He says, says, it's run out. And I'm like, oh my God, there's more people in the ground today than there has been all season. And you've run out of drink. So that's a downer. That's like putting people in a bad mood straight away. So flick the switch. There's a gentleman in the stand. Unfortunately, due to circumstances beyond our control, There'll be no alcoholic beverages served at half-time. Thank you. Don't know about you, but I think he's quite a brave man having to make that announcement. I'm not sure if I could do that. Needs some kind of stadium announcer medal of honour there. Well done, Colin. Uh, It's time now for the final part with Matt James of West Brom. And with 35 years under his belt, we had to talk about some of the standout stories from his time on the mic. Have you had any... Moments on the mic you regret or wish hadn't happened. Oh, blimey, how long you got? Could be all day. Oh, yeah, many times. I mean, I remember one. Uh, I mean, this is going back a long time. Um, this was uh, late 80s, maybe, early 90s. Uh, the, um, I remember saying, goal scorer for Rotherham is number blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And a couple of minutes later, I get a knock on the door. Stuart comes in and he goes, Matt, Matt, we're playing Barnsley. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that one. Um, there was a there was a team once. I'm sure they had a player called Michael Jackson. No, I think it was QPR. Yeah, and I just couldn't resist going after I announced his name. I'm not sure if anybody actually heard it. Heard it. Yeah. But yeah, I've I've I've, I've said many things. I sh- I'm not shouldn't have done. But no, no, but because you can get carried away. It's yeah, easy yeah, to get yeah. Away. I've got quite a dry sense of humour, so sometimes I'll say things, and you can hear the crowd laughing, and other people going, "What did you just what say?" Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you can come back and bite. I mean, in the days when he could have a bit of fun, you know, I've took the, I've took the Mickey out. Of, I think we had a, I think we had somebody from Wolverhampton win the half-time lottery draw, <sighs> uh, and I, I said I said to him, oh, you know, where do you live?" And they said something like, "Whatever." Yeah. I said, "Oh, thousand pounds. You can buy the whole street for that much." Um, which everybody laughed at, but yep. then somebody who was an Albion fan wrote in and complained that we were taking the Mickey out of Wolverhampton. We should support every other team in the Midlands, and I think he was annoyed probably because I devalued his house by saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so just things like that, but you, you just can't now. You just can't. No, no. But it, but but it's still, <clears throat> I think elements of it still feel like one of the best jobs you can have in football. You agree? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. As you, as, as you said earlier, uh, I mean, there's what 92 football clubs, and there's there's you know nine, 92 announcers, and I mean, some clubs have got more than one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we share yeah. stuff, don't we? Like yep. you know, I do more of the music you, these days. You do more of the announcing, but um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a limited club. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's quite an interesting one. You know, people do kind of, uh, as you said, ask how did you get that job and yeah. all that and that. But they think as well because I don't know what you find, but they think because you work at a football club, you must be on about three grand a game. Oh yeah, and you can get everyone free tickets like, to every game. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, people <laughs> people you haven't seen for fifteen years, and suddenly your best mate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I didn't know you. Oh, could you, my mate? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's that's changed. I mean, yeah. when I first joined, with you know, I mean, I I, I um, I mean, I. I had a stage of two free season tickets every year. Oh, you know, pretty much anything I wanted at the club shop and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But now, you know, you don't get anything. No. You know, um, which you know, I understand to some degree because if you've got X amount of employees all getting something for nothing, then it costs a lot of money, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Well. That's. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, have there been anybody, uh, any particular? I mean, you know, we've both had to read through all sorts of names of all sorts of players. You remember any particular ones that loved or hated having uh, There's been too many, and yeah. I can't remember who they are, but there's, there's, there's certainly been ones that I've stumbled over. And sometimes the simpler ones, are, 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 I think you, you spend too much, that much time practising the hard ones. You don't bother with the you simple do, yeah, ones, and then suddenly ones, it's like yeah. you stumble over it. Yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. You know, you um, do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, quite a few. But, yeah. I mean, probably we're both the same. You know, I'll get a team sheet. I'll go through it and I'll go through it phonetically and write it down phonetically. Right down, yeah. uh, if I'm not sure, I'll, I'll, I'll ask. I'll go and ask their coach or somebody. How do you say this? Like you know, rather than trying to do it myself. Yeah. Because you ask around and you can get about five different. Oh versions, yeah, yeah, can't you? yeah. But if you ask one of their yeah, staff, normally. then if they've told you that, that they should know. Well, I remember. I remember when Tosin Adarabio first joined. Yeah. And, and I was asking around and, you know, one person would say this, one person would say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then he tweeted to say what it was, but then I read that out and someone said, no, that's not what it is, it's something yeah. else. Uh, it's a right hard run around, isn't it? Yeah. It is a right yeah, hard run around. Yeah, yeah. But that's part of the fun of it, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. It, keep, it? it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. You know? I mean, the, the things that I used to, you know, you asked me about what stands out. Not particularly mm. a game, but mm. I remember certainly doing the um, tributes or the eulogy whatever you want to call it mm, yeah. one minute silence the Bobby Robson Sir Bobby Robson mm -hmm. because obviously he played for West Brom mm -hmm. and, and, and that was live uh, on TV because we were playing Newcastle that day obviously brought, uh, Bobby Robson managed Newcastle played for West Brom and it was the first game of the season it was live so about you know a minute before I'm doing this uh, I'm told that uh, oh yeah you're live on BBC One as well so you're kind of shaking because you just don't want to get it wrong. So yeah, lots of memories over the last uh, 35 seasons. 35. Yeah. I believe I'm the longest serving apart from uh, George at Liverpool. I was just going to say, yeah. I think he's, he's been the there 41 only, or something he's, like he's, that. He's, he's, he's almost up to 47, I think, now. And mm -hmm. I think the guy at Brentford's done very similar. Oh, okay. But I don't, but I don't know. And, and this is one of the things we're, you know, plugging away at who's been doing it the longest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that because you... you well, a few years ago, there was, uh, um, I mean, probably what, early nineties. I think there was, I think it possibly the guy at Norwich, something like that. He was, um, he was trying to like get us all together for a, you know, like a little uh, get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little... we were going to do it at Villa Park. I, I don't think it ever happened. Wow. I, I may, maybe there wasn't enough interest. I don't know. Obviously, it's a long way for some people to travel. Tis, it? So, yeah, yeah, for asking, you know, well, like your man from Carlisle and your man well, from yeah, Carlisle yeah, 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 to yeah. come up and all that kind of stuff. But I think, I think there's still. It's still the dream that at the end of potentially this series, I'd love to get everyone together. Although, 
I don't know, you know. <laughs> I always but, and all come to Lanzarote. Oh, well, oh we're all in. I, I just I love the idea that we'd all go to the same place, but obviously as we come in, I'd like someone to announce us as we come yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know who's going to do that job. No, 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 no. Oh. no. Uh, mate, thank you so much. No worries. He is a legend. Matt James from West Brom. Been on the mic for over 35 years. Great speaking to him on the pod. I don't think there are many actually above him in the longevity rankings from what I can tell. I know George Sefton at Liverpool and I think Peter Gillam at Brentford have both been doing it for about 50 years, give or take. Uh, Both of them, by the way, are in discussions to be on the pod soon, so keep an eye on the socials. Uh, Instagram or Twitter is the best place to find us. Just search We Welcome Your Teams. And we will welcome another announcer soon to the show. As football gets ready to fire up for a new season, here's to all the announcers who are returning to work, even if it is with a few or no supporters in the ground. That 255 moment just won't be the same. Till then, uh, stay safe. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And there's just time for one final announcement before we go. And the winning ticket in today's halftime raffle draw is number 639. That's ticket number 639. If that's your ticket, then please come by the club shop at the end of the day to collect your prizes, a club-branded inflatable dartboard, and your very own chocolate teapot. See you next time on We Welcome Your Teams.